What is going on, everyone? It has been a lone vault wanderer here with with what you know. Carrick tells me it's podcast one hundred and thirteen for the okay. radio podcast. Damn it! I I don't like to be put on the spot here. I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's one thirteen. Uh, I thought I'd have to do it by myself, so it is. Uh, it is. This is uh, one thirteen. Yep. Mm. And and Maddie isn't here, unfortunately. Now Maddie has an excuse. He told us his excuse, but I I don't know if you saw that tweet I made of him on on Twitter. But I, I, I have a feeling that he just hates me and he doesn't want to talk to me for two Oh, hours. I have a feeling he's embarrassed. <laughs> you, you posted and he's like, he's one of those people who's like, pretends everything's fine yeah, and yeah. then just goes and cries in a corner. He's like, why? Just like- the shaking sobs too, not the normal ones, but the ones where your shoulders get into it. Well, this is what happened, right? Really quickly. So Noah, for Maddie's birthday, uploaded an old picture of Maddie as a kid. And I was like, I love this picture. I'm never deleting it. That's awesome. And then the next day, I just, I, I tweeted out this jab about a PSP and I implied, it was an indiendo. Just, you know, go on Twitter, check it out. I feel very bad. But no, Maddie's not here because of other commitments. So we'll make sure he has timestamps in the description below. Um, hopefully this is coming out on iTunes and Google Play relatively seamlessly. I know we always have issues with that. Um, but let's get into it. And what I wanted to start with, because I, unfortunately I wasn't here for the E3 podcast. So I did want to cover off my quick thoughts about E3 and Carrick, I didn't get your thoughts either. So I'll quickly get yours too. But for me, this year's E3, I think most would agree that when you look at the, the grand scale of things, there weren't that many, you know, big new releases and a lot of heavy hitters and especially a lot of the releases, especially from Sony, um, were yeah. slated for 2018. and But the thing is, though, even with that being said, I still strongly believe that it's an E3 that was for everyone. Like, I think everyone managed to go out of that E3 and say, I've at least got one or two games that I'm really looking forward to. Would you agree with that? Or Yeah, yeah, I would, I would agree with all that. I think Microsoft showed the best when it comes to just an overall library of different games. Yeah. Sony had some issues by showing a couple copies and some stuff that's going to be later. Nintendo had some problems of their own, but also some awesome stuff. But the thing is, is if you take it all, if you step back as a game fan and not a platform fan, um, there was pretty much something. And then the PC Gamer Show, there's pretty much something for everybody. You know, I never caught the PC Gamer Show. Did that have an, a number of big reveals or not? I don't know. Can you see my face? Are you recording video? No, I'm not. So it's just audio. Okay. Oh, dude. Uh, it was uh, <laughs> It was okay, but it, I'll just say this, and everybody in the comments will know what I'm talking about, but the Intel guy, the Intel presenter, yeah. was one of the most painful presenters. It was, it was worse than if you get a movie star, because mm-hmm. if you get a movie star, you know they may not know what the fuck they're talking about, like Jamie Foxx, who's just doped up, and they ask him a question, and he's like, yeah, I like games, you know, and you're, <laughs> okay, whatever. This is a dude who's supposed to be into games, right? <laughs> And drops the word extreme like 800 oh, times. No. He was like a walking Mountain Dew commercial. Fuck yeah, it was, me. it was, yeah. But the games itself, the the gamer show itself for PC was yeah. fine. Um, Devolver though, beat them all. Plain yeah. and simple. Yeah, it does not surprise me. Um, it was interesting that you mentioned about, you know, how this presenter, he's from games, he should have done a better job. And it wasn't just like a celebrity that, um, maybe doesn't really know what they're talking about with the games but i think that's why ubisoft did so well because they had developers on stage and i said this before the the pot the e3 conference because they kind of teased that they wouldn't have aisha taylor there who have nothing against but the fact that when you had ubisoft have their developers on stage i mean one of them shed a damn tear at the end there i mean that that's where the passion comes into it like you have people that are working on the actual game talk about the games themselves 
that's I think that's the person that I want to hear from most when I when I see a big reveal of a new game. You know what I mean? I don't agree. Oh, okay, I agree. But then you could also have Mark Cerny, who I really like, yeah. who should never be allowed to talk ever again. Mm. So um, I agree, but only if you cultivate their discussion so that you know the person talking as a developer can talk in front of people. Oh, I agree, yeah. Because like, yeah. <laughs> we've had some bad E3s in the past. No, even, I, like, said, hey. <laughs> even I said, I was like, you get the most well-spoken developer yeah. you have and put right. him or her on stage. The <laughs> social media guy. You're you're like, okay, have you touched the game? Yeah, good enough. You'll 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 cover it. But that's um, important but, though because delivery yeah, is absolutely crucial. If it becomes mm. a little bit awkward, which yes, you know, E3 in the past or E3s in the past have done that a little bit. Um, but if it gets a little bit awkward, it kind of takes away from the oomph of the presentation and the game that's being yeah. shown. Um, but yeah. I so I did want to say that yeah, I I thought around the board with um, Microsoft, Sony, and Ubisoft, they all pretty had pretty good showings. It's hard to compare. You know, you have Xbox and Sony on one end. Even though I, I thought Ubisoft did a great job, you can't compare a, a platform holder to a publisher because there's just so many more, so much more content being shown with an Xbox or Sony yeah. versus a Ubisoft. Even though Ubisoft's press conference was awesome, like I think they got the best mix of we're going to stand on stage with our developers and talk a little bit about the game and not just show you a trailer. While I love yeah. that from Sony and obviously xbox adopted that a little bit this year when it's just trailer 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 so you get most games and most reveals as possible it's also nice to talk a little bit a bit about the game which is why i was disappointed with ubisoft that they didn't actually talk more about assassin's creed they did have that demo that 30 minutes demo after the the conference but um regardless all i'm trying to say is that I think those three did a good job, but obviously Sony and Xbox stand up on the top because they just have more reveals. Ubisoft can't yeah. compete in that regard. And then there's uh, Bethesda and EA, which um, I think EA is always interesting because they always have like the same games every year, which is not a bad thing. They they they, they make money from those games. Um, the one thing I am excited for is Need for Speed. I know people are going to kill me, but I've been a huge fan for Need for Speed for so many years, and I think this one just looks cool. Um, sure. FIFA on the Switch is going to be cool. I'm I'm going to be picking that up. I, I'm usually a fan of FIFA, and then Bethesda's it was just Evil Within and Wolfenstein for me. So that's that's for my everybody. E3. I think yeah, for everybody. <laughs> I don't think Bethesda had much. I mean, that was uh, Bethesda. EA's was so was so terrible just because it fell. I mean, it went off the rails. We were in a voice Discord, and about three fourths of the way through, Scott Porter who I like as an actor, uh, Jason Street from Friday Night Lights, good actor. He's out there. He's talking about the new new, new games. And he's talking about mocapping. And he, he asks the person who was in the game with him if they've ever been mocapped. And it dawns right. on you, it's gone so far off the rails that they're having the actors who don't know about games much discuss games. And that's the disaster that you have. And and um, yeah. and then you had the marriage proposal. I'm fine with that. I didn't even, I didn't watch that far. But then you have Devolver, who I personally feel... I, I don't think I've laughed that hard. Devolver took the shit. I mean, they literally took the piss out of every single thing that yeah. makes up E3. And that's why I like them. Yeah, and fair enough. I, I have not laughed that hard. They were teasing YouTubers, which I'm one of them. And they teased them so hard that I know some YouTubers were probably crying in a corner. And they teased Twitch. They teased EA. They teased Microsoft. They teased Sony. They fucking took the piss out of so many people. And I think that that is, that is what I like is everybody was different. EA yeah. ignoring it. Bethesda had some issues, but everybody had 
their own little thing this year, which I actually thought was really cool. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, and then obviously I wanted to mention that with EA had that issue with, I think his name was Jesse, that YouTuber. Apparently it was a, a teleprompter issue. Yeah, um, yeah. Like initially everyone just thought he, he bombed his lines, but after you watch his video on it, you're like, ah, oh, okay. There were, there were actual, like when his section came on, he didn't know that he was meant to be on at that time. So he turned around kind of like a deer in headlights and there was nothing on the teleprompter <laughs> with, with his lines. You know what I do, dude? I would pimp all of our channels. I'd be all, sup, everybody, this is Carrick with ACG, and I'm also here with Lone, and they'd be like, who are these people? M- Mr. Matty Plays is somebody. You should go check out their channels. You stall, <laughs> just stall as long online. as you can until yeah, those just, lines show up. I would. I would, man. I'd be like, we're the best channels ever on YouTube. Go check us out. Honestly, you know what I would have done? If that was me in that situation, even though I don't know if EA would have liked this, but I would have just admitted the fact, look, there's something wrong with my teleprompter. Until we get that fixed, yeah, I'm going right. to generally talk about Need for Speed. Um Regardless, anyways, I think yeah. Overall, it wasn't like the most amazing E3 compared to other E3s, but I still thought it was a solid E3 with something for everyone. Um, yeah. So, alrighty, now let's let's move on to uh, some Borderlands Three stuff. So, yeah, this is interesting because people, I guess, were hoping for an E3 reveal, and when Take Two had their their conference call for their fiscal earnings report, mm-hmm. they said they weren't showing any new games. And my understanding that is that Take-Two was on the show floor, but they didn't have um, actual games on there because they only had WWE, they only had NBA, right? So they f- announced that they weren't going to have any new reveals at E3, which includes 2K, which therefore includes Borderlands. But you had Randy Pitchford that was talking to Jeff Keighley who said, you know, yes, Borderlands is in development. We had the tech demo. where every He pretty much said the most most people at Gearbox are working on Borderlands, which is which is cool. I made a video which predicted Borderlands to be released like late 2018, early 2019. So it's I think it's that far off. But we wanted to get, well, we wanted to talk about it on the podcast, the, I guess, the worries that Borderlands 3 could be in development hell because a few people have left. Um, yeah. So we first of all we had uh, well, I, I don't even think this was first of all but we did have the writer of Borderlands Mikey Newman that left Gearbox but that was purely for health reasons um, but mm-hmm. apparently like the the voice actor for Scooter has returned as well and and a few other people have uh, sorry has left and a few other people have left as well so some are suggesting Clap trap right Clap trap yeah so Clap apparently um, this game could be in development hell and we wanted to talk about that I want to get your thoughts on this Carrick w- what do you think about the fact that this game could be in development hell. Well, I mean, first of all, the, the honest truth is I also think that, you know, Randy was in charge of Battleborn and that had its issues. So I think they're being very careful. That mm. would be the first thing. You know, they, they, that, that was a huge loss for them because, dude, it I was, was at the E3. Was. I was at the, I was at, they were pimping that hard and it, it bombed. So I'm sure they're taking their time with it because Borderlands is, I mean, it's, it's a big title. So I would agree with you, 2000, you know, 18, 2019. Yeah. Um, but people leaving right now, the, so the voice actor strike, it, it, so these are two separate things, but I want to cover it. So yeah, he, yeah people left, Claptrap left, stuff like that. We don't know if he recorded his lines, which could have already happened. I'd be surprised if it's a 2019 title, if they've already recorded lines, but who knows? He could still be the brought fact on. Is, he could still be brought on, which is yeah. what I was going to say in the tweet last night. And then I was just like, you know what? We'll just cover it in, in the podcast because yeah. it's a bigger deal. But with all of the voice acting weirdness that's going on, I mean, like, I don't know if you heard, but this morning they announced the Resident Evil remake. I think it's zero. Uh, yeah. They're not getting the original voice actors. They're going to use non-union. So there's there's definitely some issues there. And I don't know, you know, maybe there was a behind the scenes thing where a person was like, 
you know, didn't didn't feel like they liked their time there or what. But I mean, if they're just a voice actor for Claptrap, they can't be working there all the time Mm -hmm. because there's not Claptrap content all the time. So I I think it's probably all connected in some, you know, tertiary way. And I'm not too worried about it. It doesn't I mean, it doesn't it's too far out to even worry about those kind of things right now. Yeah. And I, I I'm on the very similar wavelength. I mean, in the games industry in particular, there is a high rate of turnover. People leave <laughs> publishers and yeah. companies all the time and they join other publishers or companies all the time. Like That's something that's not you know surprising to me, even if it's the voice of Claptrap, right, who's a pretty mainstay figure. Right. And again, they can still just contract out to him and get him to do the lines. Exactly. I mean, just, like a, like, just like a regular voice actor that doesn't work within mm-hmm. the company itself. It happens all the time, right? It's not like I'm seeing this sudden... Um, exodus of you know pardon the pun with my metro but we're not like seeing this- steam vr i don't know if you remember that yeah but there was a huge exodus there and that did indicate there was an issue at that time yeah but we're but not I don't, seeing I don't that see with it. gearbox i mean we saw like two or three people leave one of which left for very personal health reasons that we won't get into um right. so i'm not i'm not seeing that kind of dire situation as you would see with other games and i think right now to be honest borderlands is tracking pretty much on time as you would expect um, with you know Gearbox's development cycle, so I, I think that we'll see Borderlands definitely at next year's E3. I mean, you can kind of see when you when you hear Randy Pitchford, he's clamoring to talk about this game. He just really wants to to talk about this game, turn around Gearbox because again, Battleborn was a bit of a a, a flop, yeah. unfortunately. And I liked it, but it was well, yeah, a few people liked it. You know, um, even like I was looking through all Mr. Maddie liked it. Maddie liked it. Total Biscuit recommended it. You know, yeah. I, this game was not like hated in that regard. It just never took off. Um, right. So, but yeah, I, I think Borderlands 3, definitely in next year's E3. I don't think it's in development hell. I think it's doing just fine. If we start to see more devs leave, then without a yeah. doubt, you know, th- then there's something going on behind the scenes there. But, you know, I, I don't think there's really anything going on bad at, at Gearbox at the moment. And what's funny, you mentioned the about turnover. Yeah. And uh, yesterday, yesterday I was talking to David from uh, Raw Fury Games, the co-founder, and we did a podcast. We were we were randomly yakking about stuff and we started joking about how often at 3 a.m. I'll look at an email and it'll start out with, I just wanted to inform you, which uh, is instantly an yeah, indicator they yeah. left the company. And I'll be all, I got somebody at EA or I got somebody at fucking Ubisoft who talked to me. And then the, uh, two weeks later, they'll be all. I just wanted to inform you, I no longer work with. Please watch me. Continue to follow me on Twitter. You'll see me in a second. And you're, God damn it. Because yeah. the turnover <laughs> is so, it's so, I don't think people understand that except for a couple spots, the mm-hmm. development is almost mercenary and not in a bad way. But I mean, in a, in a, you move to be fluidly available for whatever Definitely. you need. If, if Borderlands is done, it does not need an engine dev sitting there. Because they've already built the engine, like, no, you know, unless yeah. they're m- moving to the second one. So those people quit and move or or jump to a next game at a normal pace. This is one of the most mercenary style uh, businesses I've ever, ever, ever encountered and, and not bad. No, just it's not. Ba- it's goes. just the way it is. Right. I mean, like mm-hmm. if you if you follow news in the industry, you, you hear a lot about, you know, when, when a developer wraps up production on the game. They have a bunch They're of developers sitting there, and, and yeah. a lot of them will leave. Like they'll have a core team yeah. that stays, but usually a lot of the people that they brought on mid dev, they're right. the ones that are going to be not let go, but they'll, they'll move on, right? 
yeah. Um, yeah. and they'll go into a different developer. It's just, it's just one of those industries. And the thing is, obviously, games development is not one of, is not the only industry with a high rate of turnover. I mean, I used to work in yeah. consultancy, and where I worked, man, that was a a forty percent turnover every year. It was insane. Um, like, I set up call centers around the world, and so it'd yeah. be really busy, and then after a year or two, it would die out. So you'd have like eighty percent turnover after a year, especially because, when you're working on a project basis. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I think it's I think it's normal. I just think it, it j- is an indicator of some people um, maybe following somebody like you or like me or like Maddie and and being interested in this stuff and then not being able to take the next logical jump because no one's told them like mm. that's that's why podcasts are important because a, a lot of people don't cover the business side. I mean, I've, I've li- I listen to a ton of them and a lot of them are just, oh, here's this new game. But that kind of information is actually really vital because that it person is. who sent that tweet to you. It, it, if they send that tweet and they get that response, they can also share that response with others. And people can be a little less, they can waste a little less time being nerve wracked over something that's normal. Exactly. Yeah. And, and just start to worry about it. And then it turns out in a year's time, well, actually it was fine. And those yeah. uh, movements on were just normal. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Um, so anyways, yeah, I, I think Borderlands 3 is fine. It's tracking pretty much on schedule. And my prediction is we'll definitely hear about it at next year's E3, without a doubt. Maybe before then, if Randy Pitchford uh, gets trigger happy, like he usually does. So let's talk about Rockstar Take 2 and Open 4. Um, so I wasn't following this too closely, but I do have a general idea as to what was going on. So maybe you can talk about this a bit more, Carrick, but essentially, um, big, uh, mod kind of like SKSE for, for, for mm-hmm. but it was open four for, for, um, GTA. Well, it was GTA four and then GTA five. And Correct. essentially this kind of mod allows other mods to be created. Single player mods apparently to be created. I don't know. I don't have a close enough knowledge of the subject whether open four was ever used for for multiplayer mods even if it wasn't no, it created checks. for that purpose it, okay yeah it even checks and uh, it it, de- it it demands that it's just single player okay so and then so they had this single player mod uh take two releases of cease and desist and saying this mod is actually allowing the creation of of malicious mods that it's affecting the online mode and and helping cheaters do their thing and i think this was part of a suite of cease and desist that take two did because Another story right. that I read, Take-Two made other cheaters uh, donate to charity. So I thought that was pr- pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was pretty cool, to be honest. But going back to Open 4, um, they released a cease and desist. The, the developer said, you know, we're not going to make this mod anymore. Going to court is too expensive, which it is. Hundreds of thousands of dollars. But Easily. now Rockstar is talking to the developers of Open 4 and issues a new statement on the mod. So let's get to the actual statement here. Rockstar Games believes in reasonable fan creativity and, in particular, wants, to cr- wants creators to showcase their passion for our games. After discussions with Take-Two, and mind you, Rockstar's never releasing this statement without Take-Two say-so, so let's bear yeah. that in mind. But after discussions with Take-Two, Take-Two has agreed that it will generally not take legal action against third-party projects involving Rockstar PCs games uh, that are single-player, non-commercial, and respect the intellectual property rights of the third-party. Uh this does not apply to multiplayer or online services, tools, files, libraries, or functions that could be used to impact multiplayer or online services or use uh, or use or importation of other IP, including other Rockstar IP, in the project. This is not a license and does not conduce, uh, constitute an endorsement, approval, or authorization of any third-party project. Take-Two reserves the right to uh, object, object to any third-party project or to revise, revoke, and or withdraw this statement at any time in their own district 
own discretion. I'm stuffing this up. This statement does not con- constitute a waiver of any rights that Take-Two may have with, with respect to third-party projects. That is a tongue twister, bloody hell. So essentially, they, they kind of um, backtracked at least on the single-player side of it. What do you th- yeah. what do you think about this, Gary? I, I think it's worrisome. Take two is how ha- Take Two is obviously having issues behind the scenes, and you see that in the weird the weird way they're talking about. Like we need to monetize more, and you're you, you, you when you hear a company like that say we need to monetize more, you have to sit back and go like, what the fuck are they talking about? Like shark cards are <laughs> are monetization all by themselves, and the, the, these continual little attacks and stuff. I don't know if it's if it's uh, the co- company wide, if it's just like uh, something is going on within the company and certain people are, are are feeling like like a mod could steal their money or something like a mod could steal money that they could make doing something on their own. But to shut down uh, to shut down a mod and send cease and desist letters, uh, one thing people need to understand is that costs money, your own lawyers. So you, yeah. so that means a decision had to be made within the company that it made financial sense for them to send out these letters and prepare and make sure that they're legal in the first place, make sure they can do it and then send out that kind of stuff. So they obviously f- felt strongly enough to spend that up front and then to r- turn it back around. It, it just, I don't know, dude, I do. I'm telling you, this is something that I've talked about in discord a lot. Yeah. They are worrying me as a company in a big way. Like they, they remind me of Activision when old Bobby started taking over. And mm. shit started getting really weird. And that makes me very nervous. It's the, the more the more things they say, the way they say them, reasonable content. Like if you look at if you read that PR, it's the weirdest PR you just said. You know, it's a tongue twister. It's because it's so written to basically say, yeah, we can do exactly what we just said we were going to do. But people bitched. So we're going to put something out to pretend we're not doing mm. what we said we were going to do. And it makes me nervous for them. I just don't like it. I don't like it at all. Hmm. I guess the, the the one silver lining is that it seems it seems Open Four can continue on its way. Um, I hope so. But obviously, the fact is that they I don't I don't even think Open Four in the first place were making any money from it. But regardless, that's no longer an option because now they're saying uh, single player, non commercial, and respect the IP rights of is third donation parties. the same? Is donation the same loan? Can he put it? So I could don't he, know have a paypal donate because if he can't that's unfair i mean i get why people are going to say it is fair but i feel it's it it is unfair this is the thing character when you usually when you look at terms and services for um publishers and when they're talking about youtube for example uploading youtube content usually when they use the word non-commercial you would think that that means you can't monetize your videos so in that instance because there is that it's really not clear either way what it's non-commercial actually means, right? So some publishers will actually say it's non-commercial, but you can monetize on services such as YouTube. But there is no caveat here. It's just non-commercial. So really, it's up in the air as right. to what that actually means. Now, Which w- I'm telling you is on purpose, dude. It's on purpose. Well, I would argue Sorry. that... Sorry. No, no, that's fine. But I would argue that donations are commercial. I mean... I hope so. No, oh. you, you don't hope that. <laughs> But yeah, no, on, I just a, on strict say. legal reading, I would argue that that is like when you're accepting donation, you know, for, for, put it this way, right? When you accept fan donations on a wide basis, you have to pay tax on that because yeah. it is a, a form of business, regardless of whether they're donations or not. If someone just gives you $10 out of, out of nowhere and says, you know, hey, enjoy $10, you're not going to have to pay tax on that. But when you're 
setting up a Patreon or a PayPal, for instance, that says, everyone give me money on a consistent basis and you have to pay tax on that, I'd consider that to be commercial. So yeah. I don't know. Maybe they are talking to Open4 behind the scenes and saying, hey, you can still make donations on it, but you can't sell the right to use Open4. Maybe. What do you think about that? Well, I mean, they, he never did. Like, it, again, it's so confusing. There, There's no reason I always look back at why something was done. Like, that's I've always been that type of person who's like, well, wait, 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 wait. Like, how did this all start where they thought this was a good idea? Did, did you watch uh, and, Turtle Biscuit's video on it? Uh, no, I don't watch almost anything he does. Nothing against him. I yeah, just, uh, they're long videos, so I don't usually get a ch- uh, like time to do it. videos, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, again, totally nothing against him. Yeah. Um, so I, I didn't get a chance to, but to me, it's one of those situations where you look at it and it has these elements of, uh, it, it has these elements of threat originally, cease and desist, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then, and then just like almost like a review and then a re-review, you have the secondary announcement that goes out that's so cloudy and weird that most people can't even figure it out. And I honestly believe that that's on purpose too, because they're like, okay, this will stop the people that aren't super serious about it. And then the people who are super serious, it'll sort of, it acts like a little gate, a little filter. And so now Rockstar can watch the people who do set up the stuff and do take the time and go, okay, do we want to hit this person or that person? Here's what I do believe though. My favorite mods are mixing characters between games. So, uh, Mm. bully characters in GTA, but I am, it's funny enough. Those are the ones that I would agree with take two. No, I, they even, and they said, I don't think you should be, what I mean is, uh, that one makes sense to me like that they said no because that's that's and and what about red dead what about did you hear about them importing um they used open um what is it called open four is that what this is called um they they imported red dead into gta 5 but the entire land exactly why they said now whether you agree with it or not that's exactly why they said importation of other ip including exactly ip they don't they don't want uh, Iron I, Man. I'm just saying this is reasoning, right? First of all, on the third-party side, it makes complete sense. They don't want mm-hmm. to import, you know, Nintendo characters into their games because if they, right. you know, allow that or implicitly allow that through a statement such as this, then they'll get Nintendo on their ass, not the mod creator's ass, right? So that makes sense. But when it comes to Rockstar's own IP, I guess it makes sense in the sense that when you have Red Dead being imported into GTA. And people are essentially playing that over playing Red Dead itself, possibly. I don't know. I'm not saying whether I agree with it, but I guess that's it. That's their reasoning. Um, it, it's just it is interesting. Um, I guess the, the the silver lining that I'm seeing is that again, Open Four can keep doing their thing. Um, if you listen to Total Biscuits video, he was essentially saying that the reason why this came about in the first place is because right now especially with GTA, Take-Two is relying on, you know, small pieces of microtransactions and DLC more than ever nowadays. That's really where their money is coming from. Like, yeah, they're selling a lot of copies of GTA, but I guarantee you they're making more from DLC. Um, And when when it comes to mods, at least on an online level, multiplayer level, I guess that can kind of detract away from the market for what they're offering now, where they're making their most money. When it comes to single-player mods... I guess that argument could be loosely made. I don't know if it could, um, but that's what that's what Total Biscuit at least was saying about that. Yeah, no, I mean I agree, and I, I that speaks back to the fact that they announced, and I'm assuming that's where he's getting the info because I don't think he knows uh, the main people at at uh, Rockstar. They're leaking info to him, but uh, the fact is is that Rockstar themselves take two. Sorry, 
stated we want to monetize more in GTA. So it's like they, they're hitting it from both sides. It's like, let's monetize more and let's make sure that monetizing more makes sense. So our DLC is not impacted by yeah. online mods. And um, so it makes sense. But I, I'm again, I find it incredibly worrisome that a company yeah. that made five hundred million dollars on DLC <laughs> is 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 worried about open four. Mm. Just, but yeah, I don't know. So it's, it's, I get it though. People will say it doesn't matter if they have money, you know, they shouldn't be beat up or if they if a bunch of people have money, it doesn't mean they can't be sued. I mean, I get it. I get it. Mm. It does. It doesn't mean they should stop having rights, but, um, it certainly, I would love to have been a fly on the wall and hear when this discussion started, because uh, yeah. I, I would, how, how do you, if you and I are sitting in a room and you're all, Hey dude, man. So I just got back from my yacht that has a mansion on it. <laughs> And I decided, let's get more mansions in our mansions. What do we do? It's like, well, let's stop. You know what I mean? Like, how does that discussion even fucking start where somebody's like, hey, I got an idea. Let's uh, most likely what happened is somebody looked at metrics in the game, I would assume, where, you know, like, like purchases and DLC. And then and then maybe they noticed a drop off. And then at the same time, like simultaneously with with open Mm four mods increasing. Yeah, exactly. But that's the only thing I can think that makes sense. I think though that this was something that was coming for a long time. Like I think with with mods being so popular on GTA and, and other Rockstar right. games, I think for a while Take Two's wanted to do something and they weren't necessarily sure what to do. And then they finally did this and then it kind of backfired and now they're saying, Well, you know, find single player mods of are okay. Um hmm. I don't, it, it's just interesting. I mean, even when you listen to Total Biscuits video too he kind of does this compare and contrast of the, the business models of a Take-Two here and comparing them to a Bethesda. Bethesda's like... Because they're completely different business models, right? When you look at Bethesda games, they are single-player games and that's where they're making most of the revenue off of the sale of the game itself um, and, mm-hmm. and to a ex- lesser extent the DLC. So when you have more people buying those games with such a long tail, a lot of the, re- a lot of the times it's because of mods, because of the existence yeah. of so many mods out there for Fallout and Skyrim. It may, it's actually in Bethesda's best interest to promote mods. It's, it's in their best interest to release the creation kit for Fallout 4, for example, or Skyrim, or whatever it is. It's in their best interest to try and work with traditional modders to create more content. It's just a different business model to what Rockstar is doing because they're focusing so much. Like they they didn't release any uh, DLC single play DLC for GTA, even though they said no, they, they would. promised it. Yeah, they, they see, promised and, and that's out. yeah, that's another reason why I, I've been bothered. I, I was bothered prior to GTA Five even launching, and then as it launched and just the different stuff. It's a lot of their decisions. I mean, they outright they outright lied about it. I mean, they they did they lied about it, and they said. And they didn't do it. And it, it, it's because when something's popular, you know how you're like, oh, it's popular. We'll we'll let them. it's OK. Hmm. But it, and it is, I guess. But at the same time, at some point when everything's hot, maybe you should check to see if something's not on fucking fire. And that's the way it feels. Here. I mean, it feels like there's just multiple little things needling my desire to support them. It, it just I'd, I would love to see the numbers behind it. I would love to see. Me too. Like when you look at their perspective because people say well you release a single player dlc for gta it's it's bound to sell so much like you're gonna make so much money from it i agree right but in terms of uh, return on revenue is that return going to be higher lower or about the same 
as relatively easy microtransactions in DLC that make you probably more money in the, in, in the long run. Because I think, obviously, that's probably where the, this decision has come from, right? They've they looked at the numbers and said, it's actually so much more cost-effective for our developers to work on multiple little DLCs and we continuously space them out over a couple of years and just release online stuff. I mean, But I don't think we can have it both ways because if not, you yeah. say that then you can't say Bethesda's long tail. If you if you create single-player content for GTA V, you're going to sell more games of GTA V. But they're not having Just a like problem we, with selling game, more games. No, that, no, no. Uh, I, yeah. I know that. I'm saying, I'm saying that if they, whatever caused this decision, I hope they at least looked at single-player DLC. Oh, and was definitely. like, okay, yeah, we're yeah, having, you know, like, should we, should we do this? And maybe they decide financially they shouldn't. But, but if Bethesda is saying, hey, you know, we're going to release Skyrim on a fucking Tandy 80 because it sells on every system, then I hope Rockstar goes, okay, prior to fucking everybody over, let's verify that a single-player DLC with its own microtransactions, if you fucking wanted, whatever, but let's see if that would um, continue to sell more uh, versions of GTA, like if more people would buy GTA 5, and maybe so many people have GTA 5, you can't, I mean, you can't sell to somebody who's got three fucking versions of it i Dude, guess <laughs> every week gta 5 is like when you look at MPD results it's in the top 10 <laughs> every single week i'm like this game was released so many years ago like it's absolutely it, insane i mean like skyrim never had that long tail i don't believe like skyrim is still selling but it's selling on steam for like five ten dollars i mean gta right. is selling retail for like whatever it is now i don't think it's full price anymore but it's still 30 40 whatever dollars um, but it's still selling. So I, I think that's where it's come into it. I mean, t- Take-Two's looking at that and saying, look, the game's still selling well. Maybe when sales start to drop after five years, we'll start to look at single-player stuff. But right now, people keep buying it. It's It doesn't cost us money to, or much money or resources to make online microtransactions, DLCs, and just content packs for GTA Online. We're going to keep doing that. Because the the rate of return is so much better than spending so much money creating single player mm. DLC. I honestly, I, I I know I know what you mean by they should they and they probably have compared to you know like if they they've looked at how much it costs to make a single player DLC and how much that might help help sales. I think they've crunched the numbers on that regard. But what I've also think they've done so. is they've looked at GTA Four and said how much did it cost us at that point to make a single player DLC times it by a little yeah. bit more because it's probably going to cost us more now because salaries go up, you know, all that kind of stuff. And they just made the decision, single player is not where our money should be. It should be in multiplayer stuff. And because of that, it's affected their standpoint on mods. That's what I think here's is going the, on here. Here's what really worries me as well. Um, if, you, if you focus on online and you focus on DLC, there's a, a very real thing we all discuss, which is that you basically don't want to eat your own customer. You don't want to have your customer... Uh, move away from something that is based in online and so a red dead or a gta 6 um if they are selling these things and making sure people understand how important they are they better not pull a destiny where they suddenly decide decide that some stuff won't be available in your game anymore because if if you're asking people to make a investment in gta 5's microtransactions and dlc that shit better be up when i'm 105 yeah, because Shit. seriously, you can't just continually take money and not put anything back into it. And so if, if it were me, if I know Red Dead's coming and I know at some point GTA six is coming and no single player DLC is coming, I would be making sure that the people at GTA five are supported. But here's the thing. I don't believe they will. 
loan. That's what I'm worried about. But I the, believe no, that. Like, like, I will say that they've done that. Like you're mentioning that, and and I was just thinking in my head, they've been doing that for the past two years, haven't they? I mean, they. I understand what you're saying that eventually, if they're like, oh, okay, they're gonna... selling stuff today though, and Red Dead is coming out in a, what a year and a half, and they're selling, yeah. and and they're they're removing the price. They're they're lowering the price point. Shark cards are worth less now than they've ever been in the history of GTA. So what you're saying is when G. Oh, sorry, when Red Dead comes out then they'll stop supporting that online component. That, I am so scared of that. Yes. And I'm, I, I'm, the thing is, is it leaves you or gamers cause they're going to want you to go to red dead. Yeah. Like that's the problem with this kind of business is if you look at it from short term, you can say this makes sense. But if you look at it from long term, you fucking eat your own customer. And what that's happens is to one of one of two things, customer can simply not afford it yeah. and simply not afford it. Or two though. And almost worse is they rate and or judge your next title far more harshly because of how they're being treated in your current title. Well, look I think at, we've look seen at that reviews all for of, GTA Steam now. On GTA exactly. On Steam, yeah. Exactly. They're trashed because of the, the mod announcement. And so what I'm worried about is Red Dead comes out and they have a huge problem because they're asking people to buy DLC. I think last week was the arms and armament DLC or whatever yeah. it's termed. Um, one of the guys on my channel plays a bunch of it. So anyway, it's just nerve wracking to me because um, today it might be okay. Yeah. And I, and, but if it's an online service like this and they've released no single player content and, and microtransactions are a big deal, they better fucking support that thing when, when Red Dead's also two or three years old. Yeah. And what if Red Dead doesn't? No, it'll do. Um, it'll, it'll, I was going to say, what well. if it doesn't, but it'll do. But well. this, yeah. is the, this is the thing that I guess I'm confused about. I, I understand what you, you know what, they're probably going to do exact, try and replicate what they did with GTA, but with Red Dead, because Red Dead, you know, did have a multiplayer component. It wasn't as fleshed out as GTA yeah. Online, but not as no, GTA agree. in the past. Um, yeah. Here's what I think is, is honestly going to happen. When you, when you have a new game released, doesn't matter what it is, you're never going to have everyone that buys it straight away. You're going to have people that wait. You're going to have people that wait for that price drop, you know, for everything to be patched and fixed and supported. And, and they'll buy the game six months later, a year later or whatever. You know, really long tail, just like with GTA, right? I think there will be that kind of transition period where you have people that are happy with playing GTA online because that's what they know. They've, Like you said, they've invested so much money into it. They want to get yeah. a return on that. But then eventually, hopefully, again, this is all contingent on the fact that Take-Two still supports GTA, but people that are still playing GTA, even after Red Dead re releases, if they can still do that for about a year and then slowly transition to Red Dead because the main price has dropped and Red Dead has a bunch of online DLC too, then I think that'll be okay. There might be some teething issues there, but it is tough though. I agree. And, and this is the thing. I, this is someone, I'm someone that, prefers single player games i mean Me when, too. you know i i just i i've never really gotten aside from my call of duty days when i stopped playing call of duty and i just moved to single player games i just enjoy that more but i mm -hmm. i guess i can understand the reasons why a, a take two is like well we're just going to focus on multiplayer stuff because it's making more more money for us um but i would like to see them make a, a single player G dlc for gta because I would like to see them do that for Red Dead too. And if they keep this up, then they're probably not going to do it for Red Dead. Yeah. And what I'm worried about is a lot of people just won't buy Red Dead because they don't like Westerns. Uh, so you've got that group. And then you've got the where no company has unlimited resources. So they've only got a certain amount of server bandwidth. And if you have GTA 5 That's and let's point. say you have Red Dead be super popular. Yeah. People, 
people don't understand if if people think that server bandwidth is easy go ask amazon or microsoft about <laughs> azure and stuff like that and i'm going to tell you they'll they'll give you some stories about how it doesn't matter how big your fucking company is yeah. if you have two gta uh type titles you're screwed like yeah. you you can't pipe that much data it, you know successfully through and um even without Blizzard has money about issues yeah, yeah. without ham exactly a, a, a shit ton of money yeah. and so anyway it's it's going to be really interesting it's just one i am watching them probably more than any other company okay. right now for in a worried way like yeah. what are they because they're not they're private right take two they're yeah they're not um they're the three aren't they they're they're private are they privately owned or are they publicly owned Ooh, no, I, I want to say that they're publicly owned because they had a... Okay. Yeah. If they're publicly owned, then we are in for deep shit. And you're talking to somebody who's traded stocks for like 25 years since I had to phone them in for, to Freeman Wellwood. You, oh, here's the problem. If it's a fucking public company, and, and I'm sorry I don't know this, I keep... Th I know Red Dead is private because it's just the brothers, but I can't... That's, or not Red Dead. I'm sorry. No, um, I, I was uh, saying, yeah, because they, they had a fiscal earnings report. Why else would they do that unless they were... Okay, yeah. so here's the problem, Loan. No, no investor in the world, none, cares what you're doing if you're, if you're not making money. And yeah. so what that means is that means they are beholden to those investors continually requiring more dividends and more people are jumping in right now because they're doing well. And yeah. that is, if you talk to anybody who's in stock, that's one of the things they will say is that at some point, if that company cannot output yeah. HP, a, I worked at HP when it crashed and you will see a massive crash. And that's, that's one of the things that worries me is that their focus will be around stockholders and not the industry itself. Cause you're fucking, yeah. you're making a game in the industry. Like that's what yeah. you should worry about. But the problem is you are legally obligated to yep. to put your stockholders' yep. interests above anyone else's. That that's the thing. Exactly. It, we're we're that's why I'm watching them so close because I'm so nervous that their their changes are maybe they saw that you know maybe they did see the numbers drop and they're like, like hey we got to make sure stockholders don't leap. Yeah. So what are we going to do? Well, more more microtransactions. Well, and this is the thing, right? If you I'm looking at their stock curve now and probably about around the time where GTA online stuff really started to ramp up that mm -hmm. they've kind of grown at a much faster rate than they did in the in the years prior but yeah. recently they suffered a drop because of the delay of red dead presumably um mm. so yeah it, it'll be it'll be interesting but i, I think we've, well, we've we've hammered on about that long enough let's talk about destiny 2 and i know you want to talk about this character so you can update us on what's happening with destiny 2 i just hit my fucking yeah. table yeah, so it was just it was just well, it wasn't necessarily a small thing, but originally um, one of the guys who worked at Destiny was asked like how the PC controls versus the console, and he said that they've removed all recoil from the PC version, which then freaked everybody out because of course PC you're already using a mouse and keyboard, so you're going to be headshotting people, like your accuracy is going to go through the roof. And then today, a lead developer said, no, 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 no. He misspoke, which is typical for saying we wish he, no one had asked this guy this question, but he, he misspoke and they basically stated that there will be some kind of recoil in the game. It's just going to be very, very, very low. And I'm just going to be interested to see how it all plays out when it comes to is a single player more difficult? Because if you can headshot people left and right. MLG no scopes. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, dude. So I'm and, and that's what most people are posting right now is like the worry 
And, yeah. and Des the Bungie said, yes, we are actively making changes to the single player of Destiny 2 because of this. So that's great. But the problem is whenever anybody answers in the way the original answer came out and then the secondary as somebody who's handled PR, I can tell you most of the time that first guy wasn't making a mistake. Hmm. Most of the time they weren't making a mistake. Most of the time they were saying exactly what they what knew. They into, yeah. Yeah, and then somebody's like, we just saw what happened, let's change that shit, which is okay, too. That's okay, too. Um, but it, it, less, you know, having barely any, it's just going to be really odd. What if you're on the or on the PC with a controller? How is that handled? Um, so, and then Xbox X is being cut to 30 FPS to be equal to the Xbox S and original, which makes sense because they're a family of consoles. Yeah, yeah. But, but I still believe firmly in my heart that we need to start having more options. So if I do a server search on my Xbox X, I wish I could say, yes, I'm okay playing people. Or sorry, if I was playing on my Xbox original and Xbox S and doing a filter search, I wish there was the ability to say, yes, I'm okay playing with somebody who has 60 frames per second. Hmm. Because um, I would rather have the choice than, than restrict the Xbox X version to 60. Or to 30. That's that's one thing I worry about. So there's a couple of things with Destiny going on. See, it's interesting with Destiny because when I look at Destiny, I don't look at it as this kind of competitive Call of Duty, Battlefield, Counter-Strike kind of game where right. if I'm playing Destiny, I'm playing with friends and I don't give a shit whether someone has 60 frames or whether someone has less recoil or more recoil. I mean, it's it's a... I, know, I, I believe you can play multiplayer competitively. I don't know. Um, but yeah, PvP. When, yeah, PvP. But when I play Destiny, at least, it was just with friends and we're doing sure. quests and stuff. There were a lot of fetch quests and stuff. But, you know, it, that's what I was doing. And it doesn't... Yeah, it's kind of weird when my frame rate or my experience is, is hampered. So people that I'm playing with can be equal to me. Like, I get it in PvP scenario and you don't just make a change exactly. to PvP and you can't and you can't have like a separate system with just friendly competitive, right? Or, or cooperative. Um, it's interesting though. I do agree with that argument though about how if it's within the same family, Xbox, Xbox One S, you know, Xbox One yeah. X, fuck, this is a tongue twister, um, that you, you, you would want them to be relatively similar. But I, I think, this is, here's the thing, I like the idea of having search filters that says I'm okay with playing uh, playing with someone that has 60 FPS or is using a keyboard or whatever it is. The only worry about that is that that might fragment um, the player base. And I'm always against Here, that. I agree with you, but here's the thing. Um, even Microsoft has said less than 15% of people are expected to buy an Xbox One X. So then you have 15% of total new purchases being an Xbox One X, and then you have mm. the percentage of them who are going to buy Destiny 2. You get to such a small percentage that I think I agree with you because I would hate fragmented stuff. I agree with you. But how about a filter where it searches all of them, but that it puts a check mark next to people, next to servers with 60 FPS? Like, you know, so a yeah. person could at least look and go, okay, this one's got four people at 30 FPS, but this one's got 18 people at, but there's some 60 FPS people in there. I want to jump into there. So yeah, that's it cool. goes both ways. Cause if yeah. you start, if you start looking at the percentages, you start getting to a point to where is it fragmented and would it really matter? So hmm. I, I love the idea of it being one family. I think, cause I know a lot of my friends are 
that the X they're you know, especially after E3, they're definitely getting one. Um, but I, I would like to see more choice for gamers on console rather than. No, I agree. Like absolutely. Less. No, and I do want to talk. So I know we're kind of changing topics though. But are you buying an Xbox One X? Yeah. Uh, so I have to buy them all for review. I want to make sure that's clear. Yeah. But I would buy. I would. I would for sure buy the only one I may not have bought would be the Switch, um, just because it was a handheld only, you know, like the, because it's it's a unique system yeah. and I, there wasn't a ton of games. But uh, I would have bought an Xbox One X, yeah, even if I wasn't, um, even if I wasn't reviewing it. After talking to some people who work different places like that, it, I mean, the, even like Path of Exile devs, I don't know if you heard them talking about it, Arc, the dev, they're just like, this thing is insane. So yeah, I, I, I definitely would love, I mean, you know being able to play dude buy anywhere or whatever that thing's called where you buy it you buy it on the pc yeah Yeah. um is i I can't describe to you the value that that is now paid off to me i had some friends come over i have an xbox original an xbox s and my pc Hmm. and we were fucking all playing and i was just like this is the greatest god this is 50 bucks for all of us like what how the fuck does this work that's you know so but this is this is the thing and, and i wanted to talk about this because Right now, I'm in a situation where my Xbox One, the original, has kind of crapped mm-hmm. itself because my mm. c- controllers no longer connect. They have to be wired, so I had to get it repaired. <laughs> and I called up Xbox. It was literally a one month out of warranty. I was so pissed off. Um, um, and they're like, it's going to cost you 180 bucks to repair it. So I'm like, all right, I'll wait until E3, Xbox One X, see what's there. But I'm in a situation where I'm thinking, look, in the past year, I haven't really touched my Xbox One. I've been doing most of my gaming on the PC because I like to stream simultaneously or I've been playing my Nintendo Switch. And I've just got a new 4K TV and I'm thinking, well, what do I get? Do I get a PS4 Pro or do I get an Xbox One X? Because a lot of the games, and I'm, and I'm not saying this is a bad thing, it's, it's exactly what Microsoft wanted, but when I'm looking at, because I already have a PC, and a lot of the games that Xbox One are talking about, they're third party or they're also coming to the PC as well. But a lot of the games that are on the PS4 are just on the PS4. Those exclusives that like Horizon Zero Dawn, all those games that I won't be able to get anywhere else. So I'm actually leaning towards a PS4 Pro, if anything, even if I get something, because I might not get anything. I might think, you know, I'm just going to play on my PC now or my Switch. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it the... PS4 Pro sells to certain people a lot, and and I'm not saying you're saying this, so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna put a disclaimer. A lot of times, people forget that they're not trying to sell to everybody, and yeah. so like the Nintendo Switch wasn't trying to sell to everybody. So people who were pissed off about it, including <laughs> myself, with some ideas, it the, Nintendo was probably looking at this bearded fool and was like, "Who the fuck is this guy, and why does he think <laughs> we're selling to him?" Because he's just stated every reason to not get it. I have a number of people who will state to me various reasons they don't have a PC and they won't get one. Hmm. So there is a group, right? And then there's various people who have a PS4 or an Xbox and and are looking at the PS4 Pro or the Xbox One or they have none. So I I think when it comes down to it, it's the same thing the PS4 Pro ran into, which is that they're not they are also not selling very well uh, when it comes to the Pro versus the normal because people sometimes can't see that difference. Um, I think the one difference you will see, well, there's two differences I know of at least, and people can guess what I'm talking about, at least two, I heard three, but we'll say two of the big exclusives for PS4 this, uh, last uh, spring, the starting of the year, um, were purely due to power. 
What I mean is, is that um, the developers did not want to make 900p versions of their games. Okay. And so the Xbox X immediately becomes a system they would release for. So that's so wow. so the the exclusives and like I said, most people just by listening to the, my reviews could figure out which which two games I'm talking about. There's a third game supposedly, but I emailed the developer and I haven't heard back uh, if if that's true or not. Um, so you have that, and then you have third party, right? Hmm. So if that's the main third party box. You have people who like third-party games, like some exclusives, and like Microsoft stuff, and they get it if they don't have a PC or they want to play hmm. in two rooms or whatever. It's to me, it makes sense because it's the same thing that occurs with the Switch or with the Sony. You have to decide where you are because I know a lot of friends who would never buy a console, dude. Like they're like, "Yeah, man, I've got a PC with twin titans and i'm like you do but do you realize your twin your single titan costs more than the ps4 pro yeah so absolutely so there's a there's a money situation here as well and i think it makes sense that you are questioning it because an intelligent consumer questions things and looks at them from a value standpoint but is open to all values hmm. and that's and i don't think a lot of consumers are they close themselves off to some values like anti-microsoft fans or anti-Sony fans, they're the ones that are difficult to talk to because they're closing off value based on emotion. You're just like, I'm looking at facts. I'm running my numbers like take two before they decided to screw us. And I'm seeing that uh, I don't play the Xbox One very much. So what do I do? It makes sense. Like, I think I, I think you're, you've got a completely legitimate problem, but it's a good one to have. It is a good one. It's, it's a those are, first world problem. It, right? Oh, dude, they are. Yeah, it's like it's like. <laughs> well, I'm sitting here eating peanuts and fucking drinking like you know pop, and and people are being killed everywhere, and I'm like, I can't fucking switch. I can't, I can't believe. <laughs> I can't decide. But Rockstar screwing us over. But um, yeah, yeah I'm. I, it it makes total sense. You know, it's just. I mean, we also these system these systems sort of suck, alone. I mean. Not to be rude, but like when they first came out, anybody who followed tech was like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Like the, the jump here is not really there. And it is with the X and it is with the Pro. Hmm. And so a lot of people just want to upgrade because they don't want the 25 frames per second bullshit. All the <laughs> like, on a console version. On, on some Xbox One games. Uh, oh, yeah. 720p on PS4 games. There's a couple wait, of PS4 really? games that have that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 720p is not, especially with what? dynamic resolution. Seven, yeah. Yeah, there's two or three 720p, uh, far less, of course, on yeah, the PS4. Yeah. Um, wow. But uh, and and frame rate, yeah, and input lag. Look at um, like they were just looking at uh, Marvel versus Capcom Infinite, hmm. and the Xbox One's in input lag is less than the PS4's because you have a slightly lower res, which allows you to get it the, that frame to screen quicker. And some people are choosing that version because <laughs> of that. And so you have this thing where it's like. What's more powerful? What's not? Do I have a 4K TV? Does it matter? It's 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 a we we're jumping into a really weird time. It is, and I'm I'm just thinking again. First world problems, but I I honestly <laughs> at this stage I don't know what to do because again my my old TV broke, so I happily got a 4K TV. I was not going to say no, um, you know, just in case I ever wanted to get an Xbox One X or or PS4 Pro, but. You know, streaming 4K Netflix is awesome. I just yeah, need right. to say that's fucking sweet. But um, yeah, I just don't know. I mean, I, I think at this stage, unless something changes drastically, I'm pretty happy with at home gaming on my PC. And when yeah. I'm on the go, I'll use my Switch. I, I think that's... And, and yeah, we are complaining that our Ruby slippers are too fucking tight. So <laughs> it is first 
it is first person right analogy (laughs) but um yeah it's it's one of those situations that it's cool that we're discussing it's also cool that we're looking at prices even though the x is a little bit more expensive than i wanted we're still looking at prices that are competitive if you are looking to make the jump that if if you're based purely on money you're not anyway because you know they'll be more expensive but if you're if you're looking to make that jump it's cool that they're not you know, Neo Geo prices, which I grew up with 800, but no 1200 for the Neo Geo. And it was like three or 500 per game for the yeah. Neo Geo when it was the arcade simulator. So, I mean, it's like, I've, I've seen some crazy shit in my time. Yeah. PS remember when PS three, they were like, get another job. <laughs> You're like, what the fuck? That's in a E3. That's they said a, that like, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah it's crazy. I, I did want to say quickly before I move on though. So I know that. So four ninety nine Xbox one X in the, in the U S What's interesting is that when you uh, convert the exchange rate, at least at the time, it was six seventy Australian dollars, and they're selling it for six forty nine. So they're actually making less money on on Xbox One X's yeah. in Australia, which is I think is pretty cool. Like, and I think Xbox has come out and said that they're making that. I don't think they're making much of a profit, if at all, on individual sales of the console. But certainly right. in Australia, when you look at that exchange rate, they've gone below parity. They're like, you know what? We're gonna price it at six forty nine, even though at the moment the dollar is weaker. So it's it's interesting. But um, the next section that we are gonna move on is to a kind of well, we wanted to talk about our best gaming memories. You, you explain it, Carrot, because you, you proposed this idea. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, it's just because, I mean, not to be rude, but like a lot of times we're bitching, or I'm sitting there bitching about like Take Two <laughs> and shit, and we're covering new games all the time, and we're covering new game, new game, new game. Maddie's doing five videos a week about fucking new game, new like, and you are are co- well, you cover a couple old games because you 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 um, stream some of them, but yeah. it's uh, the fact is is like we don't get a chance many times to sit back and and just sort of talk about like an old game or a fan appreciation moment, which is it. it I noticed, I wouldn't say I've become more negative, but I've noticed like a, a feeling sometimes where I'm like, fuck, there's a lot of nitpicky stuff going on. What's good? And then I'll, I'll think even to a game recently and I'll be like, oh, fuck, you know, yeah. that was awesome. And I, I just thought that it was like, you know, whether, whether it be like your first amazing gaming memory or just one that when someone asks me about gaming, I usually have a couple memories that I tell them about. Like me I'll too. say, I remember this one time. Yeah, and yeah. so I just figured if we put it down and then maybe some people in the comments stated, you know, ones that they had, it would be something that would sort of maybe uh, push the discussion each episode where we can look at people's comments and go, oh, they talked about this. Let's talk about that, you know, in, in the next in the next podcast and just sort of be a, a little positive. Hmm. Not that we're not positive, but you know what I mean? <laughs> No, you know I know what, what I mean. you mean. So before Carrick and I get into our best gaming memories, we encourage you, put your thoughts in the comments below. Yeah. What is your number one, you know, best gaming memory? When you think back at the times that you were playing video games, what stands out the most? And I'd like to start, and this is something that I usually bring up when people ask me about what's your best gaming memory. And I always, I say this exact same thing, you know, every time. My best gaming memory was a memory where I even wasn't even playing video games. It was me watching my brother and my cousin play Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. So this was on obviously N64. And so it was myself, my brother, and my cousin. And my my brother was the one that was always playing. He had the controller. My cousin was the strategist because you had, you know, Ocarina of Time, which there were a bunch of puzzles, etc. They weren't too mm-hmm. hard in the grand scheme of things, but we were young, so they were relatively difficult. And I would just watch them. It was such a, I don't know, I, I really looked forward to those moments, even though I wasn't playing. 
And even though when I did play games, I was pretty crappy, but the fact that I could just sit there, watch them and look forward to that and enjoy that experience, that memory sticks in my mind so often. And I think those were the early days of liking to watch someone stream or let's play a game. Yeah, yeah, you were doing a let's you were doing YouTube at drafts. Much, yeah. you were, you were, it was true YouTube, right? It was you home. <laughs> You're like, oh, I don't even need to leave. I can just sit in my underwear and watch my, my brother and cousin. That's awesome. Did um so you, it sounds like you sort of did what we did. So you had the strategist. We always had like the co-pilot. Yeah, a person that's what it was, who. Yeah. Yeah, who was always good at like whether they they didn't always have to take a note about a map or anything, but they were they were sort of bouncing ideas off of you as you're playing, especially with puzzle games. Definitely that second person watching the chess game. Yeah, who's like, hey, dude, check. They'd always right say there. something different. Yeah, definitely. Did you um how how much older were they than you? I think, well, it's still the same. So right now, my brother is about four or five years older than me. Fuck, I just don't remember how old he is. And my cousin. Sorry, I didn't younger. mean to, I didn't mean that they were different. I meant back then. Yeah, not not yeah. that you suddenly are different <laughs> yeah. ages. Well, well, he, he, he aged faster than me, so now he's <laughs> ten years older. Oh man, that's awesome. He he does a lot of traveling, so he's just a little a little younger than me. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So did they let you join in uh, during oh, no, discussion? They, they definitely did. Like I, I would play here and there, but I was actually uh. just content with watching them play, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, and then eventually, you know, when, when they grew up and we stopped, stopped playing with each other, then I played through Ocarina of Time on my own. And then I played through Majora's Mask and I got all through the, all the masks. And those were definitely my greatest memories. I remember this one instance where my brother had his game of Pokemon and because I only watched him play, I didn't know how to play properly. And I distinctly remember this when he was gone, I would, I played his Pokemon game. It was, you know how you had the SNES and you could plug in mm-hmm. a uh, Game Boy cartridge into that fucking contraption and watch and play it on the yeah. TV. Do you yeah. remember that? Yeah. Yes. So um, I was playing uh, Pokemon. I think it was, I think it was Gold, and or no, yeah, it was Gold. And then no, it was probably before that. Anyways, I didn't know how to heal Pokemon. Right. So <laughs> I was getting into a bunch of battles, and I was like pretty much killing all of my brother's Pokemon. I'm like, he's going to be so oh. fucking mad because I can't, I don't know how to heal. And eventually I just turned it off, stopped playing. I forgot to save and my brother never found out because it was <laughs> at the same, the same save point. So that was, that was pretty great. So those are That would have earliest... been awesome though. That yeah. would have been so great if he <laughs> yeah. returns. He's like, I got my Pokemon up to level like 99. I'm a Pokemon <laughs> rancher. And, and they're, they're all, all no, dead. they're all dead. Just a fucking swath of dead Pokemon <laughs> around your character. <laughs> what the hell great. happened? I didn't well, know how I, to heal. Remember, I mean, that I, I still remember back in the day when like you, you had the codes, the long codes, 50 characters for yeah. saves. Sorry, my dogs are barking. That's fine. And, um, and you, you had all these codes for saves and you'd enter the wrong number or you'd write it down wrong yeah. and you wouldn't be able to enter it again. His Tarek's dog is just barking. Yeah, dude, that dog. <laughs> it's like the moment the door, or somebody knocks at the door, they're like, there's an intruder at that rectangle thing. Let's kill it. My um, dog does the exact, quick side note. So back when I was living back home with my dog, she would learn, she learned very quickly that whoever she knew, right, had a key to the house, had a key to the apartment or whatever it is. And whenever someone, you know, was unlocking the key to the door, she would know them. She wouldn't bark. As soon as someone rang the doorbell, she would fucking go crazy. It was absolutely insane. So Carrick is still dealing with his dog issues right now. 
he's he's not even at the camera. Let's let's talk shit about Carrick. Let's talk shit about Maddie. Fuck Maddie. Swear to God. <laughs> he said hey, I dude. burnt my toast. Hey. Yes. Hey, can I can I um can you pause it for a yeah, second? I can pause it. There there's something weird going on. I'll be right back. Okay. Uh so we are we are pausing at the moment because Carrick has to deal with something. Um I want to keep talking. Hi guys. So I'm taking over Maddie's channel, right? He's just a fucking fuckwit, isn't he? <laughs> I'm gonna keep recording this. This is great. I have so much freedom. How are you all going? You guys good? You're fantastic. We're gonna keep chatting until Carrick returns. Um, let's see. What what, what can we talk about? Oh, you know what? We're gonna talk about as a little side note. We're gonna go through some Steam sales because I'm trying to consider what to get with Steam. And in the comments, if you're still watching at this point or listening. Post below, what games do you recommend other people to buy? There's Carrick's dog. It's still going. Okay. He might be in trouble. That dog is barking like crazy. Steam is booting up for me. So give me one second and we're going to go through some Steam sales. So let's see what's here. So the first thing that I will, I will recommend to everyone, right? I'm going to look at it now, bearing in mind that these would be um, Australian prices. But right now, the Metro Redux versions... They're five bucks each. If you want to get prepped for Metro Exodus, they're very cheap. I think they're like two or three dollars in the US. But Australia, they're five dollars each, which is awesome. Maybe that is the US price. I don't know. But they're five dollars each. Okay. So that's one thing that you need to get um, to get prepped for Exodus. Let's see what else is on sale here because I haven't really looked properly. Uh, Tamriel Unlimited SO is 30 bucks. It's not even on sale, though. Rocket League is $12 US. So these are US prices. 40% off. That's not bad. Hmm. Call, it, Call of Duty's Black Ops 3 is still $30 US, but it is half price. Hmm. Interesting. Acti. Interesting. Goat Simulator is $2. Who the fuck plays Goat Simulator? <laughs> I'm not going to criticize people. Hmm. What else? What else is here? Steam really needs to fix up. This is just a mess, this fucking homepage. There's just prices and games everywhere. Ooh, here's a good one. So Shadow of Mordor Game of the Year Edition is $4 US. $4. You know what? I'm, I've already got that, but people should definitely buy that to get ready for Shadow of War. That's the next game I'm actually playing. If anyone's interested, what else have we got here? We've got South Park Stick of Truth is $8 US. Fucking Steam sales, man. All right, let's, let's look at the under $10 category. What's under $10 right now? Ori in the Blind Forest, Portal 2, Bioshock Infinite is 8 bucks. Oh, no, it's $9.99. Sorry. You should buy it, Bioshock Infinite, for $9.99. It's fucking awesome. Borderlands 2 is $9.99. Uh, Wolfenstein is $9.99. You should play that to get prepped for Wolfenstein 2. The Bioshock remasters, man, they're... they're so Bioshock One six fifty nine, Bioshock Two Remastered six fifty nine. <laughs> oh my god! Fallout New Vegas, Fallout New Vegas is three dollars seventy four. That is ridiculously cheap for a game that you're going to get hundreds of hours of play plus mods. Three bucks, fucking ridiculous. Give me a break. Come on. Mm, what else do we have here? Um. This war of mine, I've always wanted to play that. It's about four bucks. XCOM. Hmm. I don't know, man. Wait, what's this? Elder Scroll. Morrowind. Morrowind is seven forty nine. How is Morrowind more expensive than New Vegas? 
How does that make any sense, people? Can you explain that to me? The fuck? <laughs> um, Mass Effect 2, 7.9. I know Rachel wants me to play Mass Effect, but no. Here's a game. All right. Outlast. Outlast is $3. People should play You're that. You're still there? I'm still playing that. You know what I've been doing this whole time, Carrick? What? So I've been actually doing a little bit of a side detour on the best Steam sales. And I've just been going through the oh. list and talking about some good sales right now. So did you know that New Vegas is like $3.49 or something ridiculous? Isn't that, isn't that crazy? Dude, that's hundreds of hours of gameplay. Three seventy four is what it is. And somebody will bitch about it. <laughs> <laughs> Some people will be all, it's too buggy to get. <laughs> yeah, well, isn't it 99 cents? No, do you know what you usually get? You usually get people that are just like, oh, I just bought it for 15 bucks and now it's $3. Oh. Fuck. Oh, yeah. quick aside for that. I have a, are, are we still filming? We are still filming. We are. Okay, so I, I apologize to everybody. Um, I guess our dogs got out. And so somebody, so the animal control was just warning me. Um, oh, shit. So, okay. yeah, yeah. I was, they never get out. So I don't know when it happened, but. Um, when it comes to purchases for sales, right? So let's say, let's say you and I, we go and we buy fallout for, for 50, 20 bucks. Yeah. If, if it goes on sale the next week for $3, does that make you mad? Because here's the thing for me, mm. it doesn't for me. Cause I'm like, I have no control. I mean, I chose to buy it when I bought it. They don't have to alert me to a future sale. I could wait for a steam sale. Like obviously people do. Yeah. But I hear this a lot of times where. I, I had a lot of people who said, I think it was the Xbox 360 or maybe the Xbox one where it dropped 50 or hundred and people were just, they were, they were like, we should be, re we should be rewarded for buying. They should give us a discount for a hundred bucks. I'm like, what the fuck? How, what world does that work See, here's in? Here's the thing. Am I, I, I wrong? You're not wrong. I, I would be a little like upset, like I would feel like, ah, oh, fuck. I, if I just waited one week, one week, I could have gotten it cheaper. But that doesn't go to the stage where I demand reimbursement. Right? Yeah, I think there are <laughs> there are two different stages there. Like, you, I just don't imagine you doing that anyway. But that's no, fine. Anyway, go ahead. You just you owe me that forty nine dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but um, yeah, I, I would feel a little bit shitty though, because and, and you want I'd put that on me. But you can't look back with hindsight and say, oh, yeah. I should have waited a week because you didn't know. You didn't know. Um, so, Carrick, you were telling us about your best gaming memory, were you? Yeah, so, um, verifying my dogs are still in the house. I'm Now I'm all stressed. Now I'm like, did they fucking, <laughs> did they escape through a window? Like, what the, how the hell did they get out? That's um, great. My best, one of my best ones, I think I already told the ones when I, the one uh, a couple of weeks ago when I had cancer. Did I tell you that about, huh? and my uncle? Oh, no, you so, did tell me. You did, yeah, yeah. I did. Right. Yeah. Um, but for me, another one, and, and this shows that I'm into audio big time, but, uh, my friends had SNESs and I had a Sega, I had a, a Sega Genesis and he wasn't a big Nintendo fan, but I brought this over and he was one of those friends. You know how you have the great friend and then you have the good friends. He was a, <laughs> he was a, not to be rude. He was a good <laughs> yeah, friend. I know exactly like, what you mean. Yeah. yeah and, and you, you get along most of the time, but they're not, they, <laughs> you don't have that. Nah. And so I was yeah. over at his place. And I got Sega, um, so I got Sonic and I put it in and I am telling you, I, this is weird because I'm getting choked up about this and it's not, it, there's no reason to, yeah. but when I heard Sega at the starting, the title, when I heard it vocalized, there was something so next level to that. Cause I, cool. the only other time I had heard vocals was uh, space Harrier when he died, he'd say, get ready. But it was so bad. He'd be like, rawr, 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 and they'd fucking write out a subtitle. So you knew what he was saying. <laughs> 
<laughs> and this would be like the, the title screen before Sonic said Sega and it sung it. And I remember just sitting back going and and we re- we reset that Genesis dude so many fucking times to hear that. That's like right. JD's his name. JD just sat there and he was all pissed, right? Because it wasn't a Super Nintendo and he was mad about it. And I was like, listen to this. And he's like, talking's not cool. You know, the vocalization, that doesn't matter. It's not more powerful. And I'm like, but it's still awesome. Sega, Sega. And we, oh, fuck, we played that for hours. And I don't know why, but it, it, since I was a little kid, I was always into audio. And so those are the, I, I, I remember that kind of weird or music, you know, like Ghouls and Ghosts had some music that I still know to this day. That but sort you, of chokes you me. You pick up on that, right? I mean, if I think mm-hmm. back on bad audio in games, I think of <laughs> the shitty compressed voices of characters in Street Fighter 2. I mean, oh, dude. you you <laughs> didn't even understand what they were saying. Like when right. when when Ryu did his fucking uh spin kick, I was like, "What is he saying? I don't know. It looks cool, but it's just like I'm like, okay, it's great." It's so bad that my friends and I had a joke and I can, it, it was uh, no lie. Every time he did it, I go, duck, 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 and, and everybody be all, that's not what he says. And I'm like, I have no fucking clue what he says. It's so bad that you have to make up words. That's great. And, and, I, and fi- it, I finally oh, know what he was actually saying. And I'm oh, what say, was he saying? He was saying, so the kick is called Tatsumaki Senpu Kek. And it was just sped up and compressed. And you had no idea that, that he was saying. No, I'm, I'm not. I'm not even joking uh-huh. right now. So, so the, the full thing is that's a Martin kick. and then when you oh. shot that down, does that, yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah. It does. But yeah. it's crazy because I'm not. I'm not quite sure that's what I heard. Yeah, but exactly. that makes sense because I'm. I'm pretty sure it was. Duck, 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 duck. <laughs> and they're. I think they're lying alone. But that's all I'm saying. Yeah. No, that's that's cool. Uh, the, uh bad compressed audio. Man, yeah. when you get that shit and remember playing those old games and they talk and you could hear the compression, you could hear <laughs> and you just be like, what the? And but back then you were like, they're talking as fucking off. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're really saying something, you know, or when they'd say like, uh, uh, altered beast, an angry Elmer Fudd wakes you from your uh, from your graves and says, like, rise, uh, rise to your doom or something <laughs> like that. And it's so bad. But as a kid, you're just like greatest thing ever that's fucking fantastic we've come so far in the games industry really we have another thing about audio very quickly when i upgraded from the 360 to the xbox one the Mm -hmm. voice audio when you're talking to other people online is so much clearer if you ever go back to the xbox 360 you realize how shitty it is like it's like you're speaking to someone through a can that's on the other side of the room and then it's being transmitted like that's the sound like it's terrible when when you compare um, yeah, I think from what I understand, they took Skype's um, uh, codec oh, fucking when they bought Skype. Skype. They, and, yeah, oh yeah, just Skype may not be the best, but it's got better audio than whatever the shit tin can Before. they were running at. <laughs> Without a doubt, I agree. <laughs> yeah, I would be playing like Dead Island, and because one of my favorite games. But when you get four people and you sort of saturate the audio channel, it just became this thing where it's like, <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, I think he's telling me that I should come back and save him. But I, 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 don't I need really. a translator here. <laughs> yeah, it, it is weird too. Also, think about like when you talk about how far we've come. I mean, our dashboards are crazy now. Like, especially yeah. the Xbox One. Like, you open a dashboard and there's, you know, movie, store, uh, uh, your stuff, more stuff for your stuff, your friend's stuff, your friend's stuff, their stuff. And you're just like, damn. I mean, all yeah. on the dashboard. It's, I, I got to be honest, though. I am. 
and this is not just Xbox, it's just any tablet or whatever it is. I'm not a fan of like the tile UI. Me that, neither. And just thinking back on the 360, how easy it was when you'd press that home button and there was a nice list of all the stuff you needed in one nice Blade. list. And I'm just like, yes, we need we need to go back to lists. That's what we really need. I know it's not pretty. It doesn't look good, but it's so much more convenient. <laughs> Um, for the Xbox 360, it was called Blades, and I remember when uh, the developers were talking about switching to the tile, because they did later in the life yeah, of the 360. They they, and I remember I was one of the few people who liked Blades, and which sounds like you did too, and a lot of my friends were like, dude, tiles are so cool, and it's not that I hate them, it's that I don't think, I, I don't think they're as visually representative of what as as people think they are mm. like i don't think they're as non-confusing as people they are actually quite confusing at times they are very and confusing bl- at times yeah and blades and lists you're just like it's fucking blades and lists is a right or up and down and that's it and exactly. then you open up an xbox or a ps4 and you're like what the shit there's you know it's nice but there's stuff everywhere mm. I, I, yeah you're right it, it looks beautiful right but in terms of usability i i prefer as you said, blade. So you had the list and then you could change the list or, or the blade or whatever it was, kind of like a notepad or something. Um, what do you think about the Switch? And it's actually sort of Switch pseudo is, OS. This is the thing, though. There's not that many features, so it's hard to compare like for like, right? I mean, if, mm-hmm. if the Switch had like 100 different apps on it or whatever it is and games and stuff, that would really test out the limits of the UI. That being said, I do like it. It's very simple. And it's gotcha. very easy to get into a game. And here's a cool thing that I didn't realize, right? When I bought my new my new TV, the Switch has a setting where it matches the power state of your TV. So if you turn the Switch on, it automatically turns your TV on. Did mm. you know that? It's fucking awesome. Mm-mm. Yeah, it's really no, cool. I, I, I mean, we may have talked about it one time, but yeah, I didn't. Uh, most of the time, my TV's on er- first because I'm switching over. But so even I, then, I just, even then, though, like if if your TV's on, right, and you maybe this is just my TV though, this setting, not the previous one I just mentioned, but also as well, when your TV's on and you turn your switch on, it automatically swaps to the to the switch. Oh. I think that's okay. my TV. Uh, but no, that's that's a typical. That's just called a power on handshake for HDMI, yeah. and so that's that's it's you that is does sound like a setting either in your TV or in the switch. Hmm. Um, most can do something like that. I, I and and it's just one of those conveniences that like some people love and then other people fucking hate. Mm. <laughs> it, I, I, as somebody who's installed like home con, home consumer theaters, I can tell you, I used to like like one thing and dislike another, like one option, and I learned pretty quickly. Holy shit! Like people are so different. Yeah. Like it, what you like. If I got some of my friends and they were like, "That motherfucker took control of my TV. I hate it." <laughs> You're like, it's invading my privacy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's also sending all my data to the IRS. It's like no, no shit. It's doing none of that. But yeah. you're not that special. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're not special at all. That's the thing. Yeah, to lower the ego a little bit to its normal level. But it's funny though that we mentioned the, the Switch UI. The thing I'll say is that it's very, very fast to boot on and just to get to stuff. Right now, my Xbox One, and I think this is because it's just very old at this stage. Like I got Xbox One day one, right? It mm-hmm. takes so long to boot on, even when it's in the power-saving mode. But I don't like using the power-saving mode because when you don't fully reboot every now and again, apps get janky, you know, things crash yeah. more often. Um, so I just leave, like leaving it without power-saving and it just takes like a, a minute and a half to turn on. It's insane. So 
Yeah, it, it, it's gotten very slow. It's gotten very slow. I mean, I'm assuming also just installs, uninstalls, exactly. um, you know, sort of like a Windows machine where it's like, how many times have you bought that computer? And you're all, it's still just for browsing, but it's 10 times slower. And it's like, <laughs> exactly. yeah, it's just sort of computers. You got to reboot it. It's like, thank God cars don't have CPUs like that or we'd yeah. be rebooting them every fucking. You got to defrag every, and clean the cache and all that shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I think we've gotten to the end. Is there anything else you wanted to cover off Carrick? Not that you nope, think I of. think um no, I think we've I think I've I've bitched about uh, my ruby slippers being too tight <laughs> a, a, a way too way too fucking often for this podcast. But I do want to hear actually yeah, I do I really do want to hear people's like gaming memories because um a lot of times somebody will mention something that is good for spurning a conversation on like another podcast or whatever yeah. where they mention a game or something that you know, I, I'm always surprised how many consoles and stuff there are. And I've had friends say, well, my memory was the TurboGrafx-16. And I'm like, oh, shit, I forgot that existed, you know. So yeah. I, I would definitely love to hear what people, you know, really enjoyed when they were younger. So, yeah, good. please they're... share those thoughts in the comments below. And I will say, because now we're at the end of the podcast, tweet out to us with the hashtag gaming memory. And, you know, let yeah. us know your thoughts on Twitter as well, because we always like to see those end hashtags to see who makes it to the end. But... Until then, Carrick, thank you so much for joining me. Maddie, you bet. It's, it's been a blast, Maddie. Like, I was, <laughs> was criticizing Maddie when you left. If you oh, listen yeah. back to the podcast, it's going to be the funniest segment. <laughs> but, poor, poor Maddie. I, I love Maddie. All right, he's, he, he gets so much shit from me. <laughs> until then, thank you again, Carrick. Thank you, everyone, for watching until this point. Hopefully, you know, uh, timestamps are there, and this is out on iTunes and Google Play relatively seamlessly. Go support Maddie on Patreon. You should do that. And until next time, we'll see you then.